Aloha! What's up, everybody? Welcome to the show. It's the Apple Bits XL. Brian's on here, your host, with the most for everything good and bad inside the world of Apple. Yo, it is episode 98. We are two away from 100. That's crazy to me. We will hit that by the end of the year. I've got a special guest I'm trying to line up for 100, so we'll see if that happens. But thanks for everyone who has continued to support this show. If you're new, this is just our recap of the highlights of all the big Apple stories that drop, and there are so many going on. I just came back from Qualcomm's Tech Summit. I literally just flew in on the red eye, came in back to California. I know everyone's like, oh, boo-hoo, boo-hoo, wah, wah. Hey, it's honestly, you got to look at the beach and maybe sit on the beach for half an hour each day, but it's all work when I'm there. So I learned some things that are going to be interesting, at least for Apple users, with what's happening over at Qualcomm. But then also... We've got stories about the iPhones, not only in 2020, there's stories talking about the iPhone in 2021, and my goodness, 2022. What is going on here now? I mean, 2022. But also, before we get to it, just a couple orders of business. Remember to be a part of the show. I've had a couple interview shows. Call in by recording a voice memo. Send it to applebitsshow at gmail.com. That's applebits with a Z. I will get to them because I'm literally like running on fumes. We're going to throw in a bunch of calls in next week's show. So make sure you call in, send it via voice memo. If you want to, you can also email us at applebitsshow at gmail.com. That's the way that you can really be a part of this. I love all your insights and your comments. And some people also bring some cool new tips and just things that the community, Applebits Nation as a whole can kind of learn and take away. So I love that stuff. Also, if you have not supported this show, this show is supported completely by you at patreon.com slash Tong. You can sponsor the show $2 a month if you think it's worth a cup of coffee over all the time and all the work that you've seen, not only from the show, but the videos that I put in, $5 a month. It goes up to different levels, but the biggest benefits, you get ad-free versions of the show, so you'll never hear an ad in it. Also, you'll be able to get early access to content, some bonuses at different levels, right, starting with you know, a cool decal, maybe a signed photo and access to my songs. I'm going to drop in a new track for those of you all before the year ends just to kind of add your collection of those BTZ parodies. So enough of that. Let's get right into this. And I told you, I just came back from Maui. <laughs> and it sounds so, oh, I just came back from Maui. Maui. So Qualcomm, every year they have their tech summit there. This is the first year that I got invited. Um, They did fly me out there. They did sponsor me to do a video about their new XR2 platform, which is augmented reality, virtual reality, and mixed reality. But this is not why I'm actually talking about them. What's interesting is they always announce their newest processor. This year it's going to be, or for next year, so 2020's new processor going into geez, a majority of all the phones out there, specifically Android phones, the Snapdragon 865. But the biggest nugget to pull away from that is that within Snapdragon's 865 processor is their new modem. Now, why this is important is because we know that Apple signed the deal and finally made good with Qualcomm so that they could provide 5G modems for Apple for their 2020 iPhone. Now, at the actual convention and interview with Qualcomm president Cristiano Amon, he told PC Mag that their main goal of Qualcomm's renewed relationship with Apple is to get the iPhone launched in time with 5G, 
right? Their priority, number one, this relationship with Apple is how to launch their phones as fast as we can. That's what Amon said to PC Magazine. Now, at the event, they showcased and talked about the Snapdragon 855. This is the specific modem chip that is in there that's part of their processor. The key thing is it's not actually integrated onto one single chip, so the modem stands alone, which means this modem is most likely going to be the same modem that goes into the new iPhones for next year. This year's iPhones, no 5G, we know that. Next year's iPhones, expected to bring 5G. So this X55 5G modem is able to get peak download speeds via two technologies that are really kind of the backbone of 5G and how it talks to it, millimeter wave and sub-6 standard. So this is this is what the antennas are shooting out. There's also in different regions, they use maybe one of the technologies and not the other. So the the actual 5G modem that can handle both may or may not work with both of the standards that are the backbone of 5G. I hope I made sense with that. But it also has this cool trick that they called dynamic spectrum sharing. So this combines 5G and 4G spectrum just to give you faster throughput. So it takes the signals kind of, I guess, mishmashes. It creates more of a hybrid and allows you to still get faster speeds than 4G uh, if you're in a situation that can pull from those signals. So upload speeds are going to improve three gigabits per second in ideal 5G conditions. We've seen people test 5G, and you really, right now, still have to be pretty close to a 5G antenna to get those optimal speeds. We know that it's still rolling out. They talked about, if I remember at the convention, um, they showed a diagram of how they expect to be something like around 200 million um, 5G connections, meaning connections with devices in next year but then in the year 20 by 20 ooh i hope i say this off the top of my head right 2022 it was somewhere around 2.5 2.5 billion so we 5g is obviously in its infancy but it's going to explode but i think it's interesting because the modem will be a separate chip it's not integrated into the snapdragon 865 so that also tells me this chip is ready to roll to other customers, and that's what we'll see in the iPhone. And it's going to be a no-brainer. Qualcomm and Apple signed a deal for a reason, and 5G is coming to the next iPhone. But see, I told you earlier in the show how there's all this crazy news about iPhone 2020, iPhone 2021, and iPhone 2022 are you kidding me? Like, you guys are all... They're, they're getting ahead of themselves now. It's too much. I can't handle it. I can't... They need to blow... this. The rumor mill is now projecting three years ahead of time. What are they doing? Okay. Anyways, it's fun. Guess what? We're still talking about it. So, in the latest report, Ming-Chi Kuo... You know him, you love him. It's, his name is synonymous with Apple rumors now. I mean, he's like the Apple rumor daddy... Apple is planning to launch five iPhones in 2020, including a 5.4-inch, two 6.1-inch display iPhones, and a 6.7-inch model. Those are four of them with 5G. That will include 5G. The fifth one would be that rumored iPhone SE 2, or whatever they call it, that resembles the iPhone 8. So you're talking about a five-phone lineup, Whatever that iPhone SE2 is, another placeholder for the 5.4-inch OLED, which exists today, 
a 6.1-inch OLED with a rear dual camera, a 6.1-inch OLED with a rear triple camera, and a 6.7-inch OLED, which is like the top of the line, large screen, like the, the Max. That is crazy, right? Five iPhones in 2020? It doesn't surprise me. I'm just saying. Five iPhones. Again, the 5G support with the Qualcomm modem, and I think part of this story coming out has to do with the fact that, hey, we know a little bit about Qualcomm's modem. Let's just publish another story about iPhones and also emphasize how they will support 5G. Now, I alluded earlier that there's kind of two standards that are part of the whole 5G equation, sub-6 and millimeter wave. So some of these phones will support both and some will only support sub-6. So there you go. Buckle up five iPhones expected in 2020 with the rumored uh, SE2 to potentially come earlier in the year in the first half or first quarter of 2020. All right, next rumor for the iPhone. iPhone 2020 rumored to have under display ultrasonic fingerprint scanner supplied by Qualcomm. Now we've heard about this Qualcomm even showcased at the tech summit when I was there talking about their new fingerprint sensor technology, but also with the in-display fingerprint sensor that they have, the ability to for it to detect two fingers together, also a much larger target area and significant space that, if I recall when I went to the demo, was about maybe, about if you looked at the candy bar phone, maybe from the bottom to about 40% up was the entire active space to detect not only a single fingerprint, but two if for whatever reason. Dual fingerprint authentication, son. So that tech they were showing off there. According to this report from Economic Daily News, Apple's arranged to meet with Taiwanese touchscreen-related manufacturer GIS to discuss development of an iPhone with an under-display fingerprint sensor, but also there have been reports that Apple plans to use Qualcomm's fingerprint sensor in at least one iPhone model in 2020. But the time frame could be pushed back to 2021. Again, these are all rumors. We'll see what happens. But the whole idea of Apple bringing, if it gets rid of that notch, I already told y'all, I'm so for getting rid of the notch since day one. I hate that thing. It's still gross, but whatever. You live with it. Fine. It's so dumb. I get why it's there, but it just looks, it looks horrible. Anyways, that's in the works as well, but let's not stop at 2020. Okay, we need to look beyond, we're not even in 2020, let's look beyond the 2021. Ming-Chi Kuo, in his story that obviously dropped the whole bomb about the five new iPhones, also reportedly said that Apple will finally release an iPhone with no ports in 2021. In his new research more new research note, the 2021 flagship iPhone will reportedly kill off the lightning port. Okay, kill it. Apple won't replace the proprietary port with USB-C. Rather, it will rely on an entirely wireless experience for charging and syncing. So remember back in the day, this to me, so this is two years from now, Johnny Ive departed this year technically. Um, The announcement was made official mid-year, but he who knows how long he was really there. He might have been, you know, reports are saying he really wasn't that as involved as he used to be over the past year. So my hunch is that, again, 
if this is true, this portless iPhone would be kind of the last final legacy of Johnny Ive and SJ's dreams of an iPhone because there have been multiple reports where I've said the goal of the iPhone was just to be a single slate of glass. And that would be, and typically when these companies have their roadmaps planned out, it's about two to three years ahead of time. Obviously, they're talking about what's going to happen further down the line, but when they can actually start pinning down specific features for these phones and products, they're doing that around two to three years before they launch. That would target it around 2018, and I was still more involved in 2018 than he was in 2019. So I'm going to say, if this is true, and we're having fun with this, but I believe it actually, the portless iPhone would be the last true product that Johnny Ive really threw himself in. It would be like the legacy of what he had always talked about. So that would be big, right? No lightning port, you get rid of it, and no USB-C port, they get rid of it. Now we know there's a lot, you could pretty much get away. They've already shown off They have wireless charging. The biggest thing, though, is that, hey, remember they had that air power charging pad that they were working on to be able to, that was probably one of the pieces of the puzzle. Are we going to maybe see something like that come back by 2021 so we just throw our products on there? It Maybe the wireless charging is still slow as molasses, but I will say that with the latest iPhone, the iPhone 11 Pro, which I'm gonna, I'm just gonna throw it out there. It might, it's an iPhone. Just I don't know what I, I know what it is. It seems so simple and dumb, but the cameras are amazing, and it lasts as longer than any iPhone I've ever had. And I think that those two reasons have elevated it, its status for me as one of my favorite iPhones of all time. I know I said it, and I before I bought it, I was a little skeptical. I'd be the first to say that, but when I reviewed it and used it day to day, and now that the model of mine that was stolen has been replaced via insurance, I still had to pay some, I was like, man, this this phone is awesome. And yeah, an iPhone is an iPhone is an iPhone. I still say if you don't have a current 11 Pro, tw- the 2020 iPhone is absolutely the one to get. I will still stick with that. But it was time for me to, try, for review purposes, to try it out, and I loved it so much I kept it. That's kind of how I make my decisions if it's really that good and the 11 Pro is that good. So to get back on track, having battery life that that lasts that long, I'm not saying we want a slower battery because it sucks when our phone goes all the way down, but maybe because the batteries will also be better ideally by 2021, maybe the the slower charge can be mitigated because the phone itself has such a longer battery life that we can get through a day easily. So by the time we come home, we just throw it on there and it overnight and we don't have to worry about recharging our phone at like 2 p.m. or 3 p.m. every day. So that's that's interesting. I, I think, it, are we ready for a completely wireless device? I think most people, at least in the tech world, like the idea of it. We'll just have to see how practical it is. But it would kind of, again, be one of those things, if it can be done right, that pushes the industry for it, it kind of shifts the thinking of, hey, okay, they have, Apple has a completely non-portless phone. We need to have a portless phone, right? There's always companies do that. Look at what happened when Apple put the damn notch on there. Every company put on a notch. And then they're like, okay, okay, that 
that ish is ugly. We're taking away. We're just going to put a pinhole. So it, it does have ramifications of how the industry moves because they are a trendsetter. With Whether it's for good or bad, it, they are a trendsetter. Now, 2021, whatever. Let's look even further than that. Let's talk 2022. According to a report, the chip supplier TSMC, who builds the A series chips used in iPhones and iPads, they provide Apple's specifically designed chips. They say they will have three nanometer chips ready in time for the 2022 iPhone. Now, currently, the iPhone uses the seven nanometer process. They also have said that they're on course to have its five nanometer process ready for 2020, giving Apple's probably most likely named A14 chip, right? Based off the five nanometer process. And what this does is that as they move to these smaller process processes, is that the right word? <laughs> it doesn't mean that the chips will necessarily be capable of higher speeds, which ideally Apple is always kind of continue to jump up. But what does happen mean when you have this smaller chip is that it reduces the amount of heat during operation. So that means the chips can be more efficient. They can more run faster and cooler without getting too hot. In a large scale, we saw how when the MacBook Pro of 2018 ran way too hot, right? It throttles down and it doesn't work as efficiently. They made those changes with the 2019 MacBook Pro, which is awesome, which I love as a creator tool. So that's the biggest advantage, right? The smaller the process gets less hot, helps the product be more efficient and run faster. Maybe the jumps in speed aren't as much, but you know we've seen what Apple has done with the A processor line, which is amazing. I mean, they, from a raw, pure speed standpoint, they're, they're like about two years ahead of the competition, really. And in, it's amazing. But there you go. There, there is your wrap-up of iPhone news for t- from 2019 to 2022. Look out for it. Also, just to piggyback on this, the rumored iPhone SE 2 might actually be named the iPhone 9. That's according to an informed source by Japanese blog Mako Takara. It reiterates it'll still have the smaller form factor, so the 4.7-inch display, which Ming-Chi Kuo talked about, it would be the phone that we would arguably might see in the first half of 2020 before the main fall line is revealed. It'll have its bezels. It'll look like the iPhone 8-ish design touch ID home button still got a physical home button that still is faster um, but it'll run improved internals like an A13 bionic chip 3 gigs of RAM is expected and it's expected which not expected to support 3D touch because Apple killed 3D touch and I miss I still to this day freaking miss 3D touch I'm just gonna keep it real with you I miss it a lot All right, let's take a little breather and thank the sponsors of this show. You know who that would be? It would be you. Thank you so much for everyone who supports the AppleBits XL at patreon.com slash Tong. You can start at $2 a month. If I've given any more value than that, $5. We have $10, $25, and um, the $100 platinum Apple level. Again, the big benefits, completely ad-free versions of the podcast. I'm working on bringing a new podcast to the table starting sometime in January that will be beyond just Apple stuff. I think I released the the graphics of it on my Patreon site, and then I put it out on Twitter, I think like 
a few weeks ago so you guys can all check it i don't want to tell you the name of it because you got to find out but also there's benefits at each level and then um exclusive content things like that so thanks so much for supporting the show really i couldn't do it without you and i still do need your help to continue doing this but i again i'm having a great time having a blast patreon.com slash brian tong is how you do it okay let's get back in the stories we're gonna kind of hit a few quick ones before we wrap up apple in macbook pro news unfortunately it's not the best macbook pro news but we'll see what happens apple's investigating 16 inch macbook pro popping sound issues and they're hoping for a fix planned in future software updates now people have recorded this where the auto con pop 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 okay i don't know if you all remember but my 2018 macbook pro did the same thing in fact my pops were so explosive and it typically was when I was using video editing um, higher end apps, but it was like it was it knocked out the audio sometimes, and I had to wait for it to come back, and it would pop again. So a memo shared with authorized service providers says this: If a customer hears a popping sound when playback is stopped on their MacBook Pro 16 inch when using Final Cut Pro X, Logic Pro X, QuickTime Player, so typically involved in media, they may hear a pop after playback has ended. Apple's looking into the issue. A fix is planned, but they say do not set up service or replace the user's computer just yet. This is a software-related issue. So if you're having that issue, I'm just going to let you know, don't, don't trip out, but you'll have to be patient. The other thing is that Apple also acknowledges a new issue with some entry-level 2019 13-inch MacBook Pro models that are unexpectedly shutting down. We don't want that. You don't want that. So they posted a new support document outlining how you can maybe troubleshoot this for users. So if you're if you have a 2019 MacBook inch 13, that's a pro, sorry, MacBook Pro 13 inch with two Thunderbolt ports, this is what you can do. Okay. Once, first of all, make sure the MacBook Pro has its battery level run down to below 90%, connect it to a charger. Quit all open applications. Let it sleep and charge for at least eight hours. So lower than 90%, shut down every, not shut down, close all your apps, let it charge for at least eight hours. Now, make sure you're running the latest version of macOS, but if you've done that and the unexpected shutdown still happens, then you need to take it in. But if not, that's what they're gonna tell you to do. It's it's an involved process. It's, it's not fun. I'm sorry, but hey, I, I didn't do it. Also, in first world problems, it looks like some Apple TV Plus content, right? The service that most of us are watching because it's free. The shows are pretty good, but as time has gone on, I've kind of, at least if you're a busy person, I think you watch it less and less, but I think the shows, I stopped watching C. Uh, I still watch the morning show and I need to catch up on For All Mankind and Dickinson. I, I, no one's telling me to go watch C again. None of you have said, hey, you should really stick with C six episodes in. So that's why I haven't gone, tried to even go back. I'm like, yeah, whatever. It's good. I'm good. So multiple reports are saying that Apple's video streaming service is losing support for Dolby Vision HDR on Apple TV 4K set-top boxes connected to compatible Dolby Vision 4K TVs. Now, Dolby Vision is the dynamic flavor of HDR that uses the metadata in it. And it really does, it's subtle, but 
for all the video files out there, they're going to be like Dolby Vision HDR better than HDR 10 plus. It's Dolby Vision is the one to maybe some psychologically you might say, but I, I think it does look better. I think the colors pop just a little more with Dolby Vision from the comparisons that I've seen. And if you invest in a big time TV, you got you got to get that Dolby Vision on it. If you're if you're putting if you're throwing down down if you know what I mean. So it says that it's not affecting all shows right now, but episodes of C the Morning Show and For All Mankind are no longer getting streamed in Dolby Vision HDR. They'll go back to this regular HDR and HDR10 format. Again, <laughs> this is first world problems for the tech people that really care. It doesn't seem to be affecting shows like um Dickinson or the movie The Elephant Mother or Snoopy in Space, so you'll be good with that. And then I I do like this story. I I don't know if you all remember, and my buddy Alex Wu uh, sent this my way just to remind me because he was also the one that got pissed off about it. BMW is no longer charging a monthly fee for CarPlay in cars with the newest software. Now, remember this. Early in 2018, they started offering, BMW started offering its customers CarPlay access for a subscription fee. Not a one-time fee, but they were asking owners to pay $80 per year to use CarPlay after the first year of owning a BMW. You're like, are you serious? You're gonna, They were the only manufacturer that was deciding to charge for CarPlay for monthly fee. So clearly, people didn't like it. Now, prior to that subscription fee, uh, BMW charged a one-time $300 upgrade fee. So obviously, people were now very unhappy with that they're going to offer carplay for free for the lifetime of the car on all models that have the latest connected drive infotainment system installed bmw heard your cries heard your complaints and they're like mm, yeah this isn't a good look us site autoblog has confirmed that bmw is making this change um also making it in the united states so bmw lovers carplay is yours for free until it's not bmw uh, there's no word whether bmw will be reimbursing customers who already paid for the long-term car place subscription sorry y'all that 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 part does suck all right everybody that's gonna do it for this week i you know i wanted to give you a show i i literally i'm like my my brain's about to shut down because I was in Maui. Oh, how sad. But hey, we got to say thanks so much for all of our supporters. And big thanks out to our Patreon supporters at the Platinum Apple level. Brandon Ledford, Gil Cabrera, Wesley Frader, Jarrett Luce, and Calvin Fatakar. Thank you so much for your help. And again, if you've heard this show or you haven't, there's other ways if you can't support the show financially. Leave a five-star review on iTunes. I think I'm close to 1,000. I think we're around like 990, literally like five-star reviews i just want to hit that 1000 mark i think just like psychologically it's kind of cool put in a review it helps bump it up in the algorithm but that's going to do it for this week i will take calls and put in the calls that you guys have put in before over the past week or so in next week's show you can be a part of it send in your voicemails use the voice memo app and send it away to applebitsshow at gmail.com that's applebits with a z but that's going to do it for this week thanks so much for everyone for coming out hanging out appreciate it And we're going to keep on chugging along. We are almost done with the end of the year. What, two more episodes to go to hit 100? That's just crazy. Thanks for all your support, everybody. Take care. Be safe. It's the Applebits XL, baby. We'll talk to you soon. Peace. Peace.